Hello, and welcome to Ready and Newman's daily podcast, your go-to place for common questions about immigration to the United States. Ready and Newman is a team of experienced business immigration attorneys who handle a host of visa categories and complex immigration cases. This podcast will provide an insight into our daily free conference calls hosted by our attorneys, as well as discussions on hot immigration topics. Please note that information provided is not to be construed as legal advice for your specific situation and does not constitute an engagement with Ready & Newman PC or establish an attorney-client relationship. For specific advice on your situation, please contact an attorney. Here's your host. All right, everybody. Uh, Shree, let me do a comms check. Can you hear me okay? It's it's doing. All right. All right, everybody bear with me. Uh, A little bit of allergies or whatever. So my voice is a little uh, scratchy. So just just bear with me a little bit on that. Um, And uh, my headphones uh, died. So uh, my name is Stephen Brown. I'm a partner here at Ready and Newman PC in Houston, Texas. Um, my uh, just a little bit of background on me: uh, work on our team's litigation as well as non-immigrant visa practice. Um, so let's let's go ahead and um, uh, jump right into it, Shree. Adish Nayak. Hi. Um, my question was that for the new change that the USCIS has proposed uh, for I-539 being concurrently processed with I-5, I-2, I-129. Are immigration are immigration attorneys making any issues on that? Like on your end, are you guys seeing USCIS deny such requests because because of the layoff season, many H one B employees have transferred to a B two pending status? Yeah, so I I can't say we've done a ton of them. I mean, it's a relatively new policy, uh, but we, we we had been doing it actually prior to the policy uh, being announced from USCIS, where we would request them to adjudicate the uh, B and then put them right into H status. Um, um, so we've been doing that beforehand and didn't see any too many issues. And now it's an actual policy. So um, should be something I would feel okay with. Uh, but have you guys been seeing any rejection or anything on that front? Not that I have heard of, no. Okay. Uh, but then is uh, like, because the latest policy states that you don't have to leave the country, like there's no consular processing or any port of entry notification. Mm-hmm. Earlier, that was a policy. Now the policy is that you'll be immediately granted the I-94 status without having mm-hmm. to leave the country. So are you guys seeing that change happen as well? Or is it just still being implemented? Yeah, I mean, it, it's still, I mean, I have no problems with it. We haven't done it. Like I said, we haven't done a ton of those cases because it's a relatively uh, new policy that came out in the last month or so. Um, not saying that I feel, I mean, I feel 100% confident about it. The only thing to remind you of is um, that's discretionary. They don't have to do all that. They can still make you consular process, but I have no problems um, trying that route for, for a case. Okay. Yeah, that was it. Okay. Manchu? Um, Hi, Stephen. Thanks for taking my question. Um, So I was recently laid off. Uh, I have an H-1B. My wife has her own H-1B. She has I-140 approved. Um, So I understand I have 60 days to sort of, you know, get on a new H-1B. But I mean, given the job market slowdown, you know, I'm just trying to prepare for a backup plan. And one of the options I have is 
to get on an H4 now. As I understand, there's two ways to get on an H4. One is, you know, I could sort of be present in the US and file for an H4 along with an EAD, or I could, you know, go and travel back to India and then, you know, get the H4 stamped, which then basically allows me um, to keep looking out. We, I, I mean, that way is basically I don't have to wait for the H4 to be approved if I find an employer to be. Um, who can sort of sponsor an H1, right? So, so my really my question really is, like, is there a preferred way um, of moving over to H4? Is one better than the other? Are there any risks? No, um, both are fine. I mean, similar to what I was talking with with the last caller, you know, the policy USCIS put out revolves around a pending B visa and then going back to H1. Um, you know, even though the policy is directly uh, opining on B visas, I would have no problems doing it with someone who's pending H4 and file back to H1B2. You know what I'm saying? Like, it's it's similar concept, even if the H4 is pending. So I would maybe lean towards doing it in the U.S. And the reason why is if your H4 is still pending, right, and then your new employer files to change you back to H1B, and it works great. If it doesn't, now you got to go for visa stamping anyway, right? But it saves you a trip um, that you may not need to take. Mm -hmm. Got it. So, so you're saying like I mean, it's still a safe option, like after 60 days while my H4 is pending to sort of transfer it over to H1, right? Yes, sir. Got it. Thank you. Vidya Natham. Hi, uh, my question is regarding, uh, you know, so I got laid off, laid off recently and currently I'm in India. So mm -hmm. I came to know that uh, today. So my passport is uh, with the U.S. Uh, consulate for the stamping. So just wanted to check, like, as soon as I get a passport uh, with stamped, so can I travel back to U.S. immediately uh, to look after some other employer for the H-1 transfer? What, so uh, do what I have any stamp? What do you get your stamp for? What, what status are you getting your visa stamp for? H-1B. No. I wouldn't try to enter on an H-1B if your employer isn't um, offering you employment when you enter the U.S. And if you try to do that, you may end up in a situation where you get, you know, um, denied entry at the port of entry, and that could be problematic. Okay, so if what what if the case my employer has not communicated that information with the USCIS yet? That means they it did not revoke or it did not started started any of the process. Is it valid still? Can I enter into the uh, US so and search for? Are the they going to give you a a letter saying that you have a job and that's not going to be something that's fraudulent to say? Okay, so I don't think I'll get that you know the written statement. Yeah, and. and you know, that's what I would recommend. And I'd be cautious of, you know, um, uh, of getting, you know, in a misrepresentation issue. Okay, got it. And uh, so one other question, in case if, the, uh, if I am in the U.S. and is there any uh, time period, uh, grace time period is increased from 60 days to 180 days or 120 days? No. Is that something? Okay, no, it's only no 60 interest. days. Correct. Okay, no increase. 
okay so other question is my wife is working so so on h4 ead so in case if i come back so she can continue the job right while i am searching for the new employer only if you are maintaining h1b status and i don't think you're going to be maintaining h1b status if you're not working okay got it okay, okay. thank you mm-hmm. that's all from my side Hi, I put my question in the chat, uh, but basically my H1 and H4 got uh, uh, approved uh, one day apart. H1 got approved, and then the next day I saw H4 got, H4 and H4 ADA got approved, uh, but my H1 is effective from 616. So I'm unclear what status I'm in right now. All right, so, so walk me through what happened. Were you on H1 and then yes. filed an extension, and then you filed an extension Um, I was I was laid off in January and then 60 days were up so on March in March I filed for H4 H4 EAD then mm-hmm. I fi- found a job in April um mm-hmm. um and they filed for H1B okay. uh my H1B got approved under premium processing on May 31st mm-hmm. um but the effective date of that is 616 Okay. So 14 days from now, and then H4, H4, E80 got approved in parallel on June 1st. Okay. Um, so here's what I would do. I would say that you're on H4 and H4, E80 right now. Okay. Pursue it to that. And then sometime after, um, sometime after June 16th, if you want to be on H, H1, mm-hmm. um, go to Canada or Mexico. come back in with that approval and your visa stamp. Um, even if it's expired, that's okay. Um, and then activate your H1 that way. So travel to Mexico, do the mag- Margarita magic basically after yeah, June 16th. Yeah, yeah that, way, that way you activate whichever one you want to be on. Um, and then if my tentative joining date is uh, June 16th, right now then what do you suggest i join as as an h1 or an, as an h4 so it's like let me say this it's not going to matter much from your end because you have work authorization on the h4 ead what your employer would do what i'd recommend is on june 16th you show them your h4 ead card for i9 purposes mm-hmm. um and then let's say you do the margarita switch go to get your h1 come back right they don't do re-verification of your i9 until your ead would have expired and you have work authorization throughout all that um so that's fine then when the, your ead expires you can show them the h1b does that make sense so i only re-i9 after my ead expires is what you're saying yeah. but then join as one an h4 the, one of the biggest misconceptions on i9 is that the immigration event triggers i9 re-verification and that's not the case as oh. long as you have work authorization they're not supposed to re-verify you until that work authorization expires okay um but then if i if my h1 kicks in on june 16th that does not d uh that, that does not invalidate my h4 h4 ead that that's what i'm saying it's a little weird because you have both um, yeah And the way I would look at it, it from both you and your employee perspective, you as an individual have work authorization, whether it's H4, H4 EAD, which allows you to work anywhere, whether it's H1 with that company. What I yeah. would recommend is 
you treat it like you're on H1 and it doesn't really matter either way. Then from your employer's perspective, it doesn't matter because you have work authorization. They can do I-9 forms. That makes sense. So can I, so you, are you saying that then I can also join as an H1? Are you recommending that I join as H4? What I'm saying is you're in a gray area where there's not a good way to define which one you're on, because theoretically you change your status to H4 on June 1st and yeah. then you extended your H1B. And the question I would have in a theoretical point of view is, can you actually extend an H1B when you're on H4? And I don't, there's not guidance on that. That's why I would yeah. use the margarita switch. But either way, you have work authorization with your EAD. Yeah. So join, just join on a, uh, just I-9 based on H4, H4, EAD, mm -hmm. and then go to Mar uh, go to Mexico, um, get revalidated, get my I-94 on H1. And then once mm -hmm. my EAD is expiring, I can re-I-9 instead of mm -hmm. extending, applying for extension for H4, EAD, I just re-I-9 as H1. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Got it. Okay. That's how I do it. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Yep. Sure. Next question. Bye, please. Hi, hi, Stephen. Um, so my question is as follows. While on H1, can we register as an IBO through Amway? Um, I, I just want to ask how legal it is and the income that's been generated as an IBO, will it be considered as a passive income or not? So that's an email. Be my I saw your, shoot me an email. Um, I want to look into that one. Send me an email, uh, Stephen, S-T-E-V-E-N at rnlawgroup.com. I don't know enough about IBOs. Uh, to give you a good answer mm -hmm. on that, but I'll do some research on it. Sure. Thank you. Thank you, Stephen. Mm -hmm. Next Srinivas? question. Srinivas? Uh, hi, Stephen. Um, good mm -hmm. evening. So, yeah, my question is with respect to green card EAD. So, my mm -hmm. green card EAD, uh, I got it in 2022, and uh, that was valid till, uh, that's valid till July 2023 uh, it i got it in 21 and it's valid till 23 july uh, so since it's expiring i have uh, applied for the extension and mm -hmm. uh, i have not heard anything yet from the ucis on that mm -hmm. so my question is uh, will i still be able to work post july 2023 if i don't hear anything from uscis yeah yeah the c9 ead the 45 ead um gives the automatic extension it's 180 days typically but right now um it's it's expanded i think for the 540 days but yeah you, you're able to work um with that okay okay and one more question is do i need to go for medicals for my ead extension no okay Thank you. So the medical mm -hmm. is only for when uh, when my dates are final action dates are current and uh, they would yeah, the medical those. Okay. the medical is only for adjudication before five, not the EAD or AP. Okay. Thank you very much. Bala Subramanya. Bala Subramanya. 
Yeah, hi. You hear me? Yep. Yeah, good evening. So my question hey. is, uh, can I work in Canada? Like now I'm a US uh, GC holder. So my company is asking me to work in Canada. So Monday to Thursday, come back to US like that. Can I continue doing that? Um, I would be, let me say this. So I'm concerned because there's requirements with the green card that you can't be outside the US for a certain amount of time. But I, I think what you're asking about is okay, but drop me an email, okay? Okay, all right. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Next question. Um, hey, Stephen. Um, um, so, so my question is, uh, again, this is regarding my one of my friend who is right now in India, and um, his situation is in 2021, some employer sponsored his H-1B, and last year uh, in June, he came to United States, and, and uh, his employer didn't provide him employment and kept him on bench for five and a half months. So in December, he left the country and, and right now he's in India. So currently there is another company who is ready to sponsor H-1B. Uh, what would you advise? Like, uh, do you see um, any issue when that company apply for his H-1B because he doesn't have uh, pay slips uh, from the old employer? Yeah, no, that's fine. Um, so in order to be counted against the H-1B cap, you either have to get the H-1B visa stamp or a change of status. And he, he got the visa stamp, right? Yes. Um, right, so he's counted against the cap. And now that he's in India, his maintenance of H-1B status is irrelevant to a new employer filing a constant, constant processing H-1B. So for anybody that's in India and trying to constant process, get a new H-1B, I don't submit pay steps, I don't care, because I don't have to show that they've maintained H-1B status. Okay. And, and so let's say uh, he applies through another company, his H-1B gets approved. Can he enter the United States on old employer's um, visa stamp? Yep. Yeah. Old visa stamp. And then the current I-797. All right. Cool. And, and you do not see any issue like, okay, well, USCS might ask, okay, hey, give me your last pay stuff because anyway, he's in India for past uh, five months. No, they won't ask about pay stubs at all. Like as long as they mark the forms right and mark it as a consulate processing case, new employment notify the consulate, they're not going to ask about pay subs at all. Thank you so much. Thank you for helping yeah. the community. Yeah, Tarun? Hi, Stephen. Can you hear me okay? Yeah. Perfect. Um, I have a question all revolving around this I-140 and then the 180-day period. So I'm in the process of switching to a new employer and then they're asking me to join uh, the middle of next month. And the date when they're asking me to join is basically the 180th day from the day my I-140 was uh, approved. So my first question is, um, so I know that there is a possibility that they could potentially withdraw it. So my concern is like, say, uh, two weeks before that, if I were to inform them, and then there is a possibility that they could withdraw my 140. Um, my my question is, so this 180-day clock, does that uh, start from the date my, uh, one for, uh, my I-140 was approved, or is it the day from which the USCIS received the application for my I-140? No, it's the date of approval. Okay. 
Okay. Okay. Um, and what is the impact of an I-140 being uh, uh, withdrawn? So right now, my H-1B um, application for the transfer is already in flight. So they are going to request it for three more years. And then two years into employment with the new employer, they're going to file for a new perm for me as well. So I'm just trying to understand what's the impact in case they were to withdraw my uh, 140, my current employer, what would uh, happen? Yeah, so let's say they withdraw on day 170, okay? Let's use yep. that as the hypothetical date. Yeah. The, the only two negatives that you'll have are you can't apply for your spouse's age four EAD. Um, although there may be workarounds for that. Um, and you won't be able to request a three-year extension until the new I-140 is approved. So it's gotta go through the perm process and all that. Uh, the good thing is, is your priority date has already stuck, right? By filing the I-140, um, nothing changes your priority date. That's your priority date. Uh, moving forward. So you, you're, you're fine there. Um, so yeah, it would just be the EAD really if kind of based off the timeline that you're telling me. And then if the new uh, perm is not approved, you may not be able to extend your H1B um, before, you know, for three years until the new I-140 is approved. Okay. Okay. So you are, uh, so my wife is already on her separate uh, uh, H1B and she's gotten her one part, 140 approved. And then, so she's on an independent track and everything is looking okay there. So it's just uh, me trying to understand what uh, would it look like for me. Uh, mm-hmm. So you are confirming that I, my priority date is locked in. So in case I were, they were to uh, start a new perm application with the new employer, so they can port mm-hmm. the date. Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Yep. 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 Next person. Devendra. Hey, good afternoon, Stephen. Hey. Hey, my question is regarding uh, uh, visa stamping. So currently I'm on H1B stamping, uh, which is how... With, uh, I mean, I got my stamping with my existing employer when I was on with my existing employer. So the current visa was valid until September 30, 2023. So I'm planning to go for a H1B visa renewal stamping this year, August. So I just want to make sure, is there any timeline that we need to follow? Like how many days before we have to go for the stamping before the current one getting expired? I mean, there's no, it's not like your H1B with USCIS where you got to file before it expires. I mean, you could do uh-huh. renew your visa after it expires. The only thing you want to keep an eye out for is qualifying for Dropbox. Uh, but for the year of 2023, it's still been extended to if it's, valid within the last uh, 48 months, I think. So you should be fine. Oh Yeah, Dropbox option is still there, but I couldn't be able to travel back to India during that time because of my project timelines. Uh, mm-hmm. That is the reason I'm thinking to go travel to Mexico and get stamping as soon as possible during that time. So I just yeah, want to make sure. Fine. Okay, I hope so I can travel either in August or before September 30, it's getting expired, I can travel back to Mexico, travel to Mexico and get stamping, right? Yep, you should be good. Okay, yeah, um, that sounds good and helps. Yeah, thanks, Stephen. Yeah. Hey, hey, Stephen, thanks for taking the call. Yeah. Uh, this is regarding my wife's petition. Like, she was currently in a H1B, which was valid till uh, 30th of June. And during March, right, we wanted her to convert to H4 uh, EAD. So we filed uh, the change of status along with uh, uh, the H4 EAD, uh, the 539 and 765. 
so on 31st of may right the 539th change of status got approved and the ead is still uh, pending approval and what we also did is like uh, with the current employer during april they filed a h1 extension also so that is still in flight and that went to vermont the previous uh, 539 and 765 is with texas service center so my question is like uh, basically like uh, since the ead is not at approved right if um, uh, her h1 gets approved and will they will is there a chance they will deny her ead for h4 no i mean i'd be more concerned about the h1 because right now i would say she's not authorized to work right she's changed status to h4 doesn't have an h4 ead so that's what i would be more concerned about uh, excuse me that's what i would be more concerned about than the h1b getting rid of the ead okay so she she cannot legally work she has to stop this i don't i don't think she can right now Okay. Okay. So until we get the EAD, right? Mm-hmm. But yes, typically, but since, since we filed jointly, right, 539 and 765, uh, uh, we were under the assumption like both should get approved uh, parallelly. But for some reason, yeah, we saw that. When did the H4 get approved? Uh, the H4 just got approved 31st of May. It, it's possible there's just some time lag. Um, it's, it's not common that it is a big gap. Um, there's a small possibility they sent an RFE, maybe something like they need new pictures or something. So just keep an eye out. If it's not done within like two weeks, shoot me an email. Let's talk about some of your options. Okay. Sounds good. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, Stephen. Hey, Stephen. Um, so in late 2020 and early 2021, I was on my STEM OPT. Uh, I was working for two employers on W2. I, both of them have filed for my H1B so, uh, sorry, uh, in the, they have put me in the lottery system. And parallelly, I had another employer uh, give me a job offer, but my H1B got picked through that employer to whom I was not working for. So I ultimately moved to that third employer and have uh, and started working with uh, that particular employer since then. <clears throat> so... Uh, I'm not sure how this will be perceived by USICS, so I'm planning to travel. But uh, meanwhile, my life kind of moved, uh, took a lot of turns, and uh, I got married last year. Based on my spouse's U.S. citizenship, I was able to apply for my green card and then eventually get a combo card for travel and employment. So mm-hmm. right now, but I'm still working with that employer uh, initially where I got my H-1B from. So okay. going forward, I don't know, am I on my H-1B or am I on my EAD? I'm not sure. And how do I move from H-1B to this green card EAD? Yeah, I mean, it's kind of like what I was talking about a few callers ago, right? About um, the, the, the I-9 verification, right? So you, you have authorization to work on your H-1B and you have authorization to work on your uh, C9 EAD right now. Um, and so that's fine. Either one. Um, the only thing that gets rid of your H1B is if you get, uh, what we call married to the C9 EAD, and that would be, you know, traveling and entering on advanced parole. Um, or when you do re-verification of your I9, uh, you just present the C9 EAD, uh, to your employer. So, um, you know, either one is 
fine. Um, I mean, you're in a good spot. How often does the employer has to do the I-9 verification? Yeah, so you got to do I-9 verification anytime you start a job or uh, when your current work authorization expires. So if they did I-9 and the last time you presented an I-9 document, um, that document expires June 2024, then in June 2024, you're going to do I-9 re-verification. Okay. So I understand that, uh, you know, having multiple H-1Bs is not the right way to do it. When in 2021, I wasn't aware of that. Do you think will that have an effect in my case? No. And the reason why is I think that your situation is entirely different than the fraud issues, right? You had three people. You had two employers you were working for and a guy that offered you a job. Um, and I think that's perfectly fine. You know, the, the analogy I always use is the guy graduating from MIT and having a job offer from Meta and Face, uh, Meta and Twitter and Amazon. That's great, right? Nothing issues with that because there's job offers. The problem comes in is if I go around and tell company A, hey, I'll pay you a hundred bucks to enter my name in the lottery. And then I go to company B, I'll pay you a hundred bucks to enter my name in the lottery and so on and so forth. That's when it would cross the line. If you have legitimate job offers, I think you're okay. Okay. Um, I don't think it's no. anything wrong. Okay. Can I, uh, so I'm still on my, with the current employer who, who has sponsored my H1B and I want to find another job on my green card EAD. Should I inform my current employer that I got my green card EAD? I just don't want to uh, inform them and have another uh, job on my green card. I don't EAD. think you have to. I mean, I think you're going to abandon the H1 because working for two employers, you're no longer working pursuant to the terms and conditions of your H1B, but that's fine because you have the work authorization for the C9 EAD. Okay, understood. Cool. Just, by, just by starting a new job with C9 EAD, it'll make my status different. Yeah, I think you're kind of getting married to the C9 EAD when you start working with two jobs. Okay. That's all. Uh, thank all you right. so much, Stephen. All right, Shree, pick a good one. We'll do one more here before the end of the week. Yeah, Tiru Murugan. Yeah, hi, Stephen. Hey. Yeah, uh, so I'm I'm on H, uh, on F1B, F1 right now, and I got file uh, H1B, and I got picked in the lottery. So uh, under master's cap, but uh, the problem is my university is not giving my degree in this semester. They are, they are telling that they're going to give me a degree in August, but the last day for filling the H1B is June 30, right? So uh, can I uh, file with the uh, file and get an RFE or uh, will it be rejected? Um, so a couple of things. One, why aren't they giving you the degree? Uh, because uh, I filed like uh, application for final degree. I need to file application for final degree before uh, for getting a degree, but I filed, I filed it late. So my graduation is uh, postponed to summer instead of spring. So uh, they're going to give me in August. And then my next question would be, have you seen your H-1B selection notice? Uh, yes, yes. And yes. it says that it was selected in master's cap? Yes, yes. Okay. Um, have you met all the qualifications for graduation? Yeah, I completed all my courses and I got a, uh, I got an exception letter from the university that uh, your coursework is completed, but your graduation is on uh, in August. Like they gave me a letter instead of the graduate, like the degree certificate. Yeah. So basically you've done everything. They just haven't given you the piece of paper. 
Yes, sir. Um, you know, there's a little bit of a risk there because you don't have a degree. Um, but if it gets RIV, I think you can supplement with showing, yeah, I got a degree. I just didn't have the piece of paper. Like everything's done. I just haven't walked across the stage. Um, I mean, I think it's worth filing just knowing that there's some risk involved to it. Okay, so fine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Thank you. Awesome. Um, all right. Uh, thank you, everybody. That's uh, kind of our time there. Um, our next call will be on uh, Monday, and uh, we do Facebook Live again on Tuesday. Um, hope everybody has a good weekend, um, and keep reaching out, okay? Thank you for listening to Ready and Newman Daily Podcast. We sincerely hope that you've taken something valuable out of it. Don't forget to subscribe and leave us a review. For more information or if you want to make an appointment, check out our websites, rnlawgroup.com and immigrationgirl.com. Have an awesome day.